Talking about the D, the DCOM podcast. We watch all DCOMs, see what they're about, or in my case, watch them for the first time and see if they're any good. I'm Emily Keen, and as always, I have my co host, Lizzie Gurman, here. Hi, Lizzie. Hey, Emily, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Excellent. We have a special repeat guest. Multi, multi, multi repeat guest at this point. Yeah. Yeah, hi, guys. Hello. It's <laughs> Uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me back. Uh, I, you know, I love Disney movies. I love this podcast, so I'm stoked to be here. Oh, and it's cool. I because we're in three of the four um, time zones that the United that's States true. can offer. So that's pretty yeah. fun. We're only missing Mountain Time. Right, you gotta get somebody in the mountains <laughs> for the next podcast. Could be anybody. Could be People anybody. Out there, type, <laughs> type your names in the comments on the podcast. <laughs> We'll do a yeah. We'll do a contest where we um, pick a mountain time person to <laughs> fulfill our. Because I'm, I'm sure we have, I'm sure we have just many, many listeners mm-hmm. on mountain time. In mountain time, I know, <laughs> I know. I'm sure that we do. You, you, you know where all of our listeners are. You have the. Keen has access to all the. She's got the statistics. Data. Yes, nice. I know. Exactly. I don't know that it actually tells you what U.S. state they're listing from it just tells right you from the u.s okay. you've never told me like specific regions so i assumed that that was not but that which is a shame um i wish we knew you know if so, there's someone in montana who really sure. enjoyed ecoms and but sure. we'll never know i guess so well but i there, guess uh yeah no? I was going to say there is someone in Maine who enjoys the thumbs. Absolutely. He's here with us now. This guy right here. Although this time Still we're not well. actually doing a decom, but a Disney theatrical. Right. Because we are that doing the 1997 classic Jungle to Jungle. Mm-hmm. I was actually trying to remember if I saw this in theaters. I'm pretty sure that I did, but I can't recall for certain. Could you? Did you uh, remember anything about this before you started? I did. I remembered the name Mimi Siku and the translation of the name. Did I you also, really? I did. And then I, I remembered the whole obligation bit. And that was about all that I remembered of this movie. I also remembered learning the, the word obligation in this movie. Right? Yeah. Yep. That's that's how I learned it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really only remembered the stuff when they're at the sort of native camp in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All, right, oh, all nice. the stuff in New York, complete blank. So this was some one that you'd already seen before, Keen. Yes, I this I was a big fan of this one back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did you? What, yeah, what specifically were you a fan of? I don't know. I think I just found it funny. Sure. Um, I'm not really sure why. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> because like because none of the particular jokes or anything like stayed in my memory, so I'm not you know Right. Oh. Right. Like like many things from my childhood, I remember that I watched them. I don't remember a lot actually about them. Like Sure, mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Are... fair. But you just had the feel because the feeling stays with you long after the details and you like I have a good feeling about this movie or I have a bad yeah. feeling about this. Yeah. You just you just remember it like 
I mean, it was similar to when we did George of the Jungle. That was another one that I'm like, I definitely watched this movie many times, but nothing yeah. rang a bell in that movie. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I haven't seen that one in years, so I couldn't tell you anything that happened in that. But I do remember watching it and thinking I liked it at the time. And it was very similar to my experience with this one, where I was like, I remember really liking Jungle to Jungle as a kid. I had it on VHS. I probably saw it, you know, dozens and dozens of times, but had no memory of anything beyond the kid's name and the obligation bit. It's definitely one where, like, the VHS tape cover is very much ingrained in my brain from childhood. Him with the arrow in his mouth and the, Mm -hmm. like, big, yeah, feathers and everything. Absolutely. Um, I remember, the thing that I remember the most was him... Um, I had never seen a hammock before this. So I was five when I saw this movie because I'm sure I saw it when it came out. Like, I'm just sure. And I had never seen a hammock. And uh, so they obviously fall asleep in the hammock. And then um, I also remembered that I did not know if Sam, what's his name? Help me out. Um, Mimi Sifu's actor's name. Sam Huntington. Huntington. I did not know that Sam Huntington was a boy. I thought he was a girl when I saw this movie because I did, because he had, um, he's uh, kind of at that, you know, media pubescent level uh, where he still has a lot of like non, not super like masculine kind of physical attributes and his voice isn't changed and he had long hair. And as a child, it never registered to me that he would be bare chested or that if he was a girl, he wouldn't be able to be bare chested. Right. And he's so similar in looks to Lily Sobieski. (laughs) (laughs) They were both girls. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, it's, it's a boy because they fall in love. So it's definitely, he's a boy, but I absolutely thought he was a girl. I was was gonna say honestly that makes it a very progressive movie at the time if it's yeah but no I uh I never really thought about that but now that you mentioned that I mean he definitely yeah he's like you know in the middle of his pubescence and much more um I think feminine of feature than probably he looks nowadays Mm -hmm. yeah I mean Mm -hmm. he's only 13 and I think the actor was also about 13 at the mm-hmm. time too so yeah hasn't hasn't really hit like the like the intense part of puberty i suppose right right, right yeah now. his voice is like it's not it's it's in the i maybe it has changed but it was still it's it's not deep by any uh it's not, i wouldn't means. say it's quite like childlike right. but it hasn't it hasn't gotten as deep as it probably will right right, right yeah um, Although, and just if go ahead, oh, go ahead. oh i was just gonna oh. say um yeah. i i think you know as a young boy my lens was already you know inherently thinking of him as a male character just because that's what i sure. was like as a kid but also um i think the uh the becoming a man ceremony which was something i didn't really remember now but that i remembered in watching it that it had a big impression on me as a kid like when i'm 13 am i gonna have to like mm. touch fire and do all this crazy stuff or what's <laughs> <Yeah>. going on <laughs> if you're lucky if you're lucky you get to do something as cool as that right right um, yeah that's that's what you're gonna have to do it's mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's basically this tribe's version of like a bar mitzvah, I guess. Yeah. Well, and exactly. I think that's part of what yeah. like confused me as a kid. I think I got that whole concept kind of rolled together because I was like, I knew some of my friends were having bar mitzvahs when they turned 13. And I was like, is there like a rite of passage where people have to like touch fire? Is that something I'm going to have to do? Like, what? what is this? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, here I just realized to give uh, to give our listeners some context. Uh, let me do a quick like recap. Um, Tim Allen is um, a stockbroker. No, yeah, he's not. securities he's a trader. Broker. I think. Commodities yes, broker. he's one of those things in New York City, the concrete jungle, um, <laughs> and he has to sweet home Alabama his um, wife. Because he wants a divorce, so he has to go find her in Venezuela, where she is helping, like doing vague. Th- Apparently, she's a veterinarian. Yeah, it's unclear. She's like <laughs> a vet and a teacher, and like oh, she a bunch is. Of I... No, she's not. But it's just ridiculous that she like births I a, think baby, a piglet. Like she would never do whatever role she is would never. Do I feel that, like she's but... a bit of an anthropologist or something who just right, kind of yes. was studying this tribe and has ended up joining them. Yes, that is yes, that is that for sure sense. true. I just was yeah. like, oh, okay, she's in charge of giving like being the midwife to the pigs, which doesn't make there would definitely be someone in that tribe who was more knew yeah. more about that than her because she is she's probably an academic. But anyway, so she she's embedded, if you will, with this tribe in Venezuela. Um, and, um, Tim Allen has to get her and he wants to go to Caracas to sign the papers. He meets his son that he didn't know that he had, who has grown up like an, a member of this tribe. Um, uh, and, uh, he's like adopted all the indigenous ways, um, which I have no idea. I was trying to look up pictures. I have no idea how accurate any of the costuming is um or anything but that is neither here nor there um eventually he has his rite of passage like becoming a man ceremony and the tribal chief asks him to bring fire from the statue of liberty so he asks to go back to um new york with tim allen and he does and then nothing happens in the middle of the movie (laughs) There's some stuff with, like, it's literally fun and games for, like, 95% of this movie. It's just joke after joke after joke about, like, um, Mimi Siku, who is uh, Sam Huntington's character, just killing animals (laughs) and, like, doing other things that I guess he would do as a, you know, at at home. And And also there's a subplot where um, Martin Short, oh, go for it. Um, yeah, so, you know, when I was a kid, I really kind of bought into that whole, uh, yeah, this is totally what Mimi Siku would be doing at the, <laughs> the city, you know, like, trying to eat the cat and, like, shoot the pigeons and, like, <laughs> all of those things. Uh, but in rewatching it, I'm like, is, is there, like, no part of his culture where you, like, you know, older people to tell you to do things and you just, like, listen to them? Like, is there not, like, right. any of that aspect? Because <laughs> there's, like, some very well, clear enough, conversations. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like, yeah, I I was really actually kind of stunned that it was like we were really going to do that joke over and over and over again. It happens like five, like legitimately five times. They really went back to that well so many times. (laughs) Like at the time, I thought it was funny. Now I I recognize how problematic a lot of that is just inherently. And then I was also just like, 
but even as humor, it it doesn't work to do this joke six times in this movie. Yeah. This movie is mm-hmm. not no. like doesn't need that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And critics at the time agreed with us. I don't know if you looked, but critics uh, yeah. hated this movie. Well I didn't yeah. realize that until I rewatched it for this. But yeah, I was looking through that, and like Siskel named it the worst movie of the year. <laughs> I didn't yeah. see this, that. Yeah. yeah, he did. He hated it, and Ebert hated it too. Yeah, yeah, I knew Appar- he hated it. Because apparently this is a remake of a French film. Yes, Which I also didn't realize until no, yeah. we either. And it's like, not just a remake. I The review I read said it was a scene-for-scene scene remake. That's interesting. Because right. I, had, I had questions about how accurate it was. Because the whole... Um, and we'll get to it, I'm sure, the Russian mafia subplot in this one. I was like, this feels very much like a studio note. Like, you had this, like, small indie movie of this kid just coming to the big city and the studio's like, can we get, like, some, like, more conflict in there? Yeah, abs- totally, totally. So, so there's but I guess that was commodities trading comes in. <laughs> right, exactly. Which, like, nobody cares, but yeah, so... I was going to say, just to to wrap up the summary, is that there's a B plot that turns, you know, merges with the A plot where Martin Short and Tim Allen are like in deep with the Russian mob. And um, that comes to, you know, comes to get them at the end of the movie. And then there's a fight scene, like a humorous fight scene, um, because Mimi Siku is also like, uh, you know, digging on Martin Short's character's daughter karen Sobieski, and um anyway so yeah so obviously there's a fight uh tim allen is heartbroken to send mimi siku back so uh he at the end of the movie he just comes back to um the 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 island or it's not an island comes back to the tribe and brings martin short's family uh along and um, yeah that's basically it like there is it's really just in the middle. It's just a desert of like scenes running around New York scenes. At well, a I dinner. guess in the middle, it's the B plot that has things going on. Cause yeah. they're yeah, doing I all mean, the stuff really, with the Russians. It really, but that is the B plot. So. Yes. It, the stuff with Mimi Siku is like, he doesn't understand that you can't like, uh, crawl out on a, on the balcony. He doesn't, or you know, climb the statue it. of Liberty. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Or like he yeah. goes or to piss he wherever. <laughs> yeah, or, exactly. You know all that stuff that we and it is like I mean we haven't even broached this yet, but I was I was like not quite prepared for like it's both it's it nobody wins in this movie because uh, what it's supposed to be doing it doesn't really dig into this, but obviously what you're supposed to get is that like they live a primitive life where things are simple and then he comes to New York where everything is overly complicated and stupid. Like the knife goes on this side of the table and all that stuff. And then Tim Allen learns that all that really matters is, but it's super condescending both to both New Yorkers and obviously to the like indigenous people. Absolutely. It's, it's sexist. There's a homophobic (laughs) joke (laughs) that comes out of nowhere for no reason where that guy faints. And says that um, Mimi Siku's doing a Fay Ray, like King Kong. Like, mm-hmm. they just hit, I was I almost sent Keen like a Bill Hader. This movie has everything. It <laughs> 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 defends like every, there's something offensive for everyone in this. Uh, Literally like every, every frame of this movie has something offensive in it. 
Yeah, it really does. It and does. I wasn't it quite does. Pre- I wasn't quite prepared for it. What I really wasn't was I was really shocked and like actually very pleased that was that people even in '97 were like, "This is not only not f- this is offensive and not funny. Like it's not just like condescending and pat- patronizing. It's also like not a single joke in this is original." Right. Uh, no. They were like, I, th- I think a kid, this one review said, sorry, Kate, I want to hear what you have to say. He's like, I think a kid would uh, really enjoy the joke where Martin Short runs into a door so many times and the last time the door opens, they fall through the balcony and onto a wooden, you know, table. But like, I've seen that joke a lot. So it's, yeah. Anyway. That is a pretty classic one. I, 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 for- I didn't just like it in the movie. I was like ready for it. I was like ready for them. <laughs> it was expected based yes. on what was happening. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think I think for me, uh, the, it would have been like an absolute slog to get through if it wasn't for I thought Sam Huntington was very charming as Mimi Siku and I think Mm -hmm. if he hadn't been as good as he was Mm -hmm. yeah it would have been really rough to watch but I whenever he was in a scene it was quite enjoyable to watch him and I think that's kind of what I latched onto as a kid too is you know um, that's a much better performance than probably this movie deserves like I I, that's a good point I didn't actually really look up the rest of his credits. I assume he probably did some more stuff around that time and then hasn't done too much since then. But, I know uh, him best from he was in Not Another Teen Movie. Okay, that's mm. right. I forgot he was in that. So yeah, um, you know, uh, he definitely did some more stuff after this, which I think is indicative of he was not a he was a talented guy. Um, and I think that's kind of what saved this movie. Yeah, yeah. But also, um, I, I was really kind of surprised in rewatching this. I was looking up some of the IMDb info. The writers for this were like the writers for Stand By Me, and like the director yeah. of this was like the director of the Santa Claus. This movie had like a really good pedigree. There's like, huh. there's a lot of stuff that this movie had going for it, and I don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of things that happened. Uh, it sounds <laughs> like it sounds like the premise in the first place was probably not a great idea. Um, if, if the response to the original French movie was just as bad, if not worse than this one, like, yeah, really begs the question, why did they adapt it? Like, I know that I think Disney released the French movie in certain markets. So I think that's why they had the rights to it in the first place. But after that, I think there could be a version of this because honestly, George of the jungle is very similar in that respect of when he comes to New York of not understanding Mm-hmm. how the things work but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah there there's definitely a way you could do this story without it being quite so offensive just and honestly just from ignorance because it didn't really like we didn't we don't know what actual tribe this is we didn't really get a sense of what are their actual like customs and how do they operate and how do they live i um, think they definitely just kind of made up a lot of that like whole cloth I, I was trying to look like the Wakatepe stuff. I'm not sure that's actually a word from any language. I couldn't find any <laughs> verification Probably not, online. Probably my guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I really. I did look up just so. Uh, I don't know if you guys are curious, but I was really curious. They. This is a. Um, they really did shoot in the Kanaima Kanaima National Park. And that is in Venezuela, and that is, like, within the movie, that's where it's set, and it's also where they shot 
Um, okay. It does. Which it looks cool. beautiful. It looks. It, is, yeah. it looks. I know. Um, I will say that the tri- the they're speaking um, a language. They never name what kind of tribe this is, but the language they're speaking, the the native people that um, speak that language are not in not indigenous to um, the river. Um, they live in the grasslands. Um, oh, okay. Traditionally, so but I do understand like wanting to shoot near the. Um, not that I'm not apolog- like doing apologetics, but I can tell they wanted to shoot on the water um near right. like the waterfalls that the park has a lot of and i think that motivated the um but they are yeah i've no the the dress all of that i have no idea how accurate that was i have no idea if the language is accurate because there's not a lot of like literature that's easily like searchable about that language which i'm sure is one of the reasons they it's not like french you know yeah. it's like yeah we'll just sure. make up words it like sounds we'll just, you sounds know. like for that actual place, the indigenous people there are the Pimon or Pimong people mm-hmm. that right. live in Venezuela, Brazil, and Guyana. Um, yeah. And they have a few other names as well. So they would be part of the Caravan language family. But that's the actual people that are from this area. I very much doubt they did any research I on know. any of this stuff. Um, it does I, not I was feel really, like they did much. I no. know. I was really curious because, like I said, like I do wonder where I was looking. I was waiting to see the people in the tribe, like named in the credits. Of course, I don't know if you saw, but there's no one from the tribe. They, I saw that they shot in huh. Venezuela and in the park. So I don't know if those were like Venezuelans who they. I mean, surely they wouldn't have flown out a bunch of people when you have people there who may you know native venezuelans at least who i i have no idea there's and i was i've been looking online for like an article about this movie and there's just not there's no how they produced it so i don't know but yeah i mean according to the wikipedia page on this on these people there's only in 2001 there was only about fifteen thousand speakers of that language in venezuela Mm -hmm. so it yeah. seems unlikely that there would be very many yeah, of these people. But again, I, I very much doubt that they did any research. So very likely it, they were just like, we need whoever local wants to be in the movie yeah. and then just just speak whatever you want. Like just be, mm-hmm. just seem like... Also, they use the term Indian, which the Wikipedia yeah. page is also used. And I was, I know, I was confused that by that because it was like, is yeah. that? I guess I always associated that with more with North America, but I guess they use that term for South America as well. Yeah, but it still seems very offensive. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, know. I don't. I don't think that's the right nomenclature at all anymore. So yeah, <laughs> no, um, um, probably wasn't at the time either. I don't think this movie was really too concerned with any of that. I don't know, I kind of the even 90s, see it. The, the term Indian was used more. I think it was has used obviously gone away a lot more now. But yeah. I was tr- I'm trying to Google. I will tell you if I find anything, but the the word that he gives for wa- at water or maybe river is tuna, T O O N A. And so I was like I'm trying to figure out if it if that's a real word in any language, you know what I mean? 
for water. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. I will. Interesting I mean, to hear. I mean, I, if there's only it's been a while. There's less than twenty thousand, less than fifteen thousand speakers of this language twenty years ago, then yeah. we're probably going to have yeah. a tough time finding That's... any. Yeah. So maybe Wakatepe is a real word, word, and there's just not any recording of it online. Yes, I could see, I could see it going either way. They, 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 yeah. uh, they did enough, like quote unquote, research, or it's at least consistent enough that where they shot is where they were referring to. I Which don't is know surprising if they to me. To near because that. me too. <laughs> I, look, I mean, looking at it, if you told me it was Hawaii, I would have believed you. Mm-hmm. Like, I would, I would have guessed Hawaii as well. Maybe this is one of those things where Tim Allen was like, I want to go to Venezuela for a while, so (laughs) can we just make that happen? I mean, that seems unlikely, but it's possible. (laughs) Was this pre or post Santa Claus? Post. This was after the Santa Claus. Okay, got it. So he did have the... Okay, he had the clout, and he had already played this character, and they were I'm yeah. sure, capitalizing yes. on him playing like the same character. Yeah, this is very much like at the height of Tim Allen's appeal. Yeah. You know, Home Home Improvement was on probably the mm-hmm. biggest sitcom on air at the time. Still, it was for a number of years of its run. Uh, yeah. He had done the Santa Claus three years before, which was like one of the biggest movies of '94. I think was one that came out. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was '97, I believe, and this was the same director. This was Tim Allen again, so I think this was very much Disney's like, hey, look, we got everybody back together. This is going to be an amazing movie. Everybody needs to come see this. Right. His character in this was definitely very close to the Santa Claus character, like almost Mm -hmm. identical. That divorced asshole doesn't give a shit about his kid kind of thing and then sort of learns to care, basically. Um, Yeah. And he's doing yeah. the exact same like kind of physical comedy, which he's very good at. In fairness, of like with the cat, you know that ca- I found the cat stuff very distressing because I thought the cat was dead. Yeah, <laughs> but like, <laughs> like all the stuff with the cat yeah, that... and and shooting himself in the toe, in the foot with the blow dart, all that physical, you know. The blow yeah, dart. That is- was a lot of the company that they pulled. The blow just, dart is like the third character. I pulling so much just, weight in this movie. Yeah, it's it's it was so just, look at how shit Tim Allen is at shooting a blow dart at things. And then let's mm-hmm. see, which it also inexplicably was um, a tranquilizer dart. Right. And I'm I like, think, how, how many darts do you have? What's like, the tranquilizer? <laughs> I think it was supposed to be like one of those poison tree frog darts, and they just didn't want to have it literally killing people. So they were like, Yeah, yeah I think just... Disney was like, You can't, yeah, you can't really. It yeah. makes you sleepy for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so when you shot it at the cat, like, yeah, it was if just it's just like. If it's enough to knock out a grown man, it's enough to kill a cat. So. <laughs> that, that is a very good, You're very good right. point. <laughs> um, imagine, yeah, and imagine like having a blow dart that doesn't kill. Like, so you have a snake and you still have to carry it back to camp. You know, and like yeah. it wakes up later. It's like, no, you want that snake. Like, you're you're not shooting to. Right, you don't want that, that dangling around your neck and wake it up to bite your exactly. face or anything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, geez. Um, yeah, and I, I, I am. Sh- I am. Sh- I will say really quickly. I'm shocked to say that the blowgun is actually used in the Amazon basin and the Guianas. So, 
That's actually like oh not well no necessarily... I, I I believe that I don't mm-hmm. know whether they're using it in the kind of ways that were showing in the movie oh I have but... no I have no doubt that but I'm just I'm honestly every, anytime I see that something is actually accurate and wasn't just pulled literally out of their ass I'm yeah I'm you're shocked. <laughs> Uh, they just wanted an excuse to bullseye flies for the whole I mean, movie. <laughs> the one, the one that really gets me is the whole thing about the food and like how he oh, wants the... what was it like lizard guts are his favorite food, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I don't believe that. And this yeah. tribe didn't really seem to be eating any fruits or vegetables, which seems very <laughs> true. Which they very strange. Probably... Right. Yeah, Do you for, see that sh- for an, yeah. a- for an Amazon River tribe, <laughs> like I feel like most of your meals would be probably like fish and then whatever local like crops are available. Absolutely, yeah. They have like a chicken. I'm like, I don't know. I think you'd be eating a lot of fish. That they'd probably be fishing yeah. like all of the time. Absolutely. Um, they do, I don't know if you saw this joke, but when she offers him the bat and he's like, holy kale pepitec, I can't say that word because I've never, he's kale like, pectate. do you remember, kale, yes, thank you. He says that and then she offers him the chicken. She gives the bat, the plate with the bat on it to these tribesmen who are behind, um, standing behind Tim Allen and they pass it around and none of them want to eat it. Um, and they're sniffing it and stuff and they're so that that was kind of a good joke and also to me that's like yeah they hired like actual actors or because oh yeah you know that those are people with like skills so yeah definitely they're comfortable on camera for sure yeah exactly yes they're they've seen the camera before so um, yeah, but that that's like a common trope, I feel, of like, yeah. oh, look at this tribe and all of the gross things that they eat. Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah. It's, it's a massive, yeah. like, othering of people that absolutely. you just, like, oh, they eat, like, the guts and the gross parts, and it's like... Well, and yeah. then that they made it look really gross, and I'm like, no, they would they would be cooking this. They're not just eating I raw know, lizard they, right. eating like, raw stuff. What the stuff, fuck? Like, you, you would probably not, I mean, like... Also, yeah. probably like if you're if you want to go for something that would freak out like American eaters, that would be probably more true to like indigenous groups is eating insects and like grubs and things mm-hmm. like yeah. that, which mm-hmm. are actually which super high in protein. Which didn't have at all in this. Yeah, which yeah. never showed up. Yeah, so yeah, in- insects are definitely way more of a thing in some parts of South America. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, like like I mean, well honestly, uh, it's not south america but like in mexico they eat a lot of the like crickets i think it is um yeah, yeah. but again they're, you they're fry really them up too. you don't just yeah, eat it raw like, yeah. they're not eaten just raw out of the ground or wherever but then he eats yeah. the hot dog in new york and he's like it tastes like lizard guts and i was like yeah i mean this is like <laughs> Probably yeah. similar quality meat, but this is definitely something that's cooked, and I feel like you would have probably been cooking that as well. And yes. like, yeah. you're that's, eating lizard. That's exactly what I'm like was like bo- talking about when I was like it. Neither it serves those jokes are supposed to be like oh what we do in our jungle is just the same as what they do in their jungle. It's just different, but it's that's such a reduction of the reality yeah. of the situation that it it doesn't land at. It doesn't. It it feels very condescending. Uh, the other thing I was gonna say is that they also. It's like they bats. I guess people don't like bats and they don't like lizards. But nothing bad happens to that monkey. That monkey's there. You know, yeah. That monkey's their pet. They're definitely not killing those monkeys and eating nope. their meat, which they probably would be doing because 
there are also things that you can kill and eat, but no, that, that monkey is their pet and they would never, you know, hurt that. And I think also even, even beyond a potential source of food, I think oftentimes monkeys are just viewed as pests and not like, not like things Mm -hmm. that you want to encourage the feeding of around you. (laughs) Right. And like having around. Yeah, probably not. But, um, but no, they're, uh, we're lucky that we didn't get a thing where he's like a friend to the animals or something. That would have been really. Yeah. Did we get any jokes? I don't think we did. He mostly is hunting every single yeah. creature. Yeah. Now that I think about it, didn't the didn't his mom wasn't she like helping birth a pig? So they have yes. pigs. Yes. Like, the, if they, they have, pigs, have pigs, then that's what they're eating. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Pigs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Maybe they uh, only have like. Maybe the piglets are too young to eat, and then they need the mom to like raise them, so they can't eat the pigs yet. Maybe it's probably not time on the pigs. Probably so. Probably Possibly, so. but you sort of have to think that. Well, if if that pig was like having a baby, then there must be other pigs. That's true. Yeah, unless unless they've already eaten the father, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I would keep the I would keep that guy so that he can keep you know, making more pigs. I, I would think that there were a bunch more pigs that we didn't see. That's what didn't, that's what, like, I was, I was like, is she a veterinarian? Like, why is there one yeah. pig in this hut? Like, it didn't really, yeah, it doesn't really so play weird. on what she is. And I think, Keen, you're probably right. I think she's probably, like, an anthropologist or whatever. But watching it, I'm like, is she, like, there to teach? Is she there as, like, some sort of medical outreach thing? Like, what is yeah. this person, and what is her so, role in this society? Completely yeah. vague. And yet she has, like, she's, her, her like, outfit is, like, not at all. If you've ever seen, like, people in these countries, they're, like, soaked with sweat and wearing, like, <laughs> she's got, like, a bunch of jewelry on, and her hair is perfectly coiffed, and it was <laughs> just, yeah. it was so ridiculous. And she's wearing, like, what some western stuff but also some you know native stuff and i i I thought that was really hilarious she's been living with this tribe for 13 years and she does not seem to have assimilated into their culture at all to be honest right like or even tried very weird yeah yeah Yeah. like and yet her son completely has right so there was a real disconnect there. <laughs> it was just bizarre. I mean, it was so. I kind strange. of got the feeling that she doesn't actually spend that much time with her son. Like he <laughs> he doesn't call her mom or anything, which might be just part of the cultural customs of this tribe that he's in. But he calls her by her uh, her tribal Haliku, name, which is the tribal yeah. name for yeah. her. I, um, and I, just I, some yeah. other moments where it's like. Like, you open on the movie, and he's, like, off just climbing a mountain by himself, like, mm-hmm. Mission Impossible 2 style, like, straight <laughs> up this cliff face to this, like, super high mountain. And you're like, where is his parent? Like, yeah. like this is not even when he's, like, tribally considered a man. So, like, don't you think he'd have some, like, activities that he should be doing for the tribe, <laughs> not just climbing yeah. mountains? Yeah, it does no, really no, no, seem like okay. he's been free to just run wild and do whatever, which, yeah, would not, like... Like, these kind of tribes and communities and stuff still have hierarchies and, like, things that the children are meant to be doing and not meant to be doing and things. Like, that's pretty consistent over all tribes worldwide. Yeah, this was, this was like, there was no, what I was seeing in this was that there was no structure to this, like, tribe, basically, and that you just, like, hang out all day. And that's, like, literally people were just hanging out. Yeah. 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 
Right. When, and when it's it like, is normally it's like, well, we've got to, you have to be self-sustaining. So it's usually people are working, like finding yeah. food. Cooking. Yeah, you're not just hanging out on the beach all day, like doing no. jack shit, which is what they were doing. Even the <laughs> even the children, when you're like big enough to walk, are probably like doing some some kind of labor. Um, and Pat, yeah. the reason, yeah, the reason you feel like uh, his mom is not involved with him is I don't think we get a single scene with just them. I think that's I true. Think yeah, yeah, I think all of the scenes where they're interacting are either with the tribe or with Tim Allen. Yeah. Yeah. She she asks him. I think he runs past her, and she asks him a question or something like that. She's like, maybe it's when she asks him to talk to Tim Allen or something like that, or maybe even before that. But um, it's there's no yeah. So we have no concept of their how close they are. We have we we only we see them together by themselves at the very end when he's she's teaching him to read. Uh, a book mm-hmm. that's the only time we see them together and, and the monkey is there too right yeah i just so. remembered the thing where in this tribe if you're in love with someone or you have those kind of feelings for someone you give them a pot mm-hmm. like a like a kitchen a, pot a kitchen pot like what we western people would use and right. now i'm realizing that's really weird <laughs> yeah. i thought that this time too i was like a, is this like a recent custom? Did everybody just take like Pelikou's pots and now they're just like, we're gonna like yeah. do this? Or B, like if they have all these pots, like a bunch, a surplus of these pots in their tribe, then why are they eating raw lizard guts? <laughs> yes. Like they clearly have cooking utensils. But I, it was also, it was like steel pots. I know. Like, I not, don't. I like, wouldn't their pots be like something that they had formed themselves but like this is something you can only get by going to a store and buying it or someone yeah. bringing it for you um, but to be fair I'm, I'm not sure i mean i think the inference is kind of that this is a relatively uncontacted tribe but i'm not sure that they actually really say that i mean obviously pally clues there and mimi Seek is well there, in the, in the really... wikipedia description it is described as a semi-westernized tribe which i think okay, is them so. trying to answer this question but i'm still like why why is it part of the culture though that that seems weird Mm-hmm. Like sure, they they maybe they have pots and pans and things and like that's whatever. Like they were able to go and get them, sure. But why is it part of the culture that if you like someone, you give them like a pot that doesn't like? Where did that come from? Like it's probably I... just a sexist joke from the screenwriters that are like, yeah. here, here, you are gonna be my woman. Have some kitchen, <laughs> yeah. Um, what's something that's very interesting, I can't believe I just happened to see this, but my parents have been watching these old, they're called travel talks and they used to play before movies, um, in the, these actually date back to like the late thirties, early forties, really, really old. And this guy went all around the world and would record kind of people doing things and then would basically do a like infomercial for you to visit. I'm sure he was um financed by maybe tourism in these countries anyway we just watched one about guatemala and in guatemala he talked about this tradition of if a man wanted to marry a woman you know these are like young people late teens he would put a bundle of firewood outside of her door and i have no reason to think that that is not true 
But I was just thinking if they wanted to do that joke, they could have done it with materials that these people would have actually had. And yeah, I think, I think that's firewood is me, a, like, yeah, yeah. Firewood is definitely something that they would have had. Yes, and firewood is actually like really in the same realm because it is for the hearth, right? It's mm. theoretically it's for cooking food. That's it's the same function as the pan. Um, so I can't help but wonder if uh, I don't I don't know if I don't know if they knew if it has anything to do with anything. But I was just thinking I I also really really bumped on it being a pan. Like there's no there's no steel there's no metal in this whole thing except for this pan. Yeah, exactly. There's so many other things it. it could have been. Like, yeah, firewood, as you say. I don't know, some sort of food or, like, fruit or some, something that grows. Like, yeah, yeah. Because um, it never comes back, right? It comes back at the end. He He's waving a pan, but that, could, that object could have been anything. It um, also comes back when um, Mimi Siku and Lily Sobieski, like, sleep in the hammock together and tim allen's like if he didn't give her a pot then it, it's not it's nothing yeah, don't worry it's about nothing. it serious. yeah yeah Which no so also... but it doesn't in no serious way it's not like oh there's a joke or a plot point that hinges on that thing being a pan that so you know make it yeah exactly bizarre bizarre choice it's like Maybe the Whereas you could have had an excellent joke of something to do with fire where he ends up setting something on fire absolutely yeah trying... just like, yeah, he's trying to, yeah, or just any, it could have been a funny misunderstanding where he brings her something that's, like, not, you know, do a lazy joke about him bringing her lizard guts or whatever. The pan yeah. is just such a weird non-choice. I'm very uh, curious, yeah, like, at what stage of the process was the pan brought in? Was it, like, <laughs> early, was it, like, yeah. an early writing choice or was it, like, we're on set, we have an extra pan, we need something for the scene that, like, I, is yeah. just weird Did, enough? Sam, Sam Huntington just picked one up and they were, like, that, that, yeah. perfect. Like, just like, do that. I know he, he, <laughs> There's a crate and barrel, and like, did crate and barrel pay a bunch of money? Is that a crate and barrel fucking pan? I know that he actually yeah, goes up be. to a crate and barrel, and maybe that has to do with it. But I was just like, I was lost on that. So it's nice to see everybody else was equally yeah. lost that, on the that pan. Was a weird of bit. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> can't can't justify what the what the point of that was. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, normally we go in order, but I do feel like my, or not normally, but we've been trying to go in order, but I feel like there's, you, the gist of the movie is just exactly what we've talked about. Like, there's no intricate, oh, we, like, No, we, we've done the plot, like. We've done, yeah, we've yeah. Done. The <laughs> plot is... is literally your summation at the beginning, and there's just, <laughs> yes. like, random jokey scenes, like, interspersed throughout. And I think the only faucet of the movie we haven't really touched on too much yet is, uh, Tim Allen's um, fiance and the whole oh, yes. movie yes. crew that's following her around. Gosh, that, yes, thank I, you. I did they ever explain what that British guy was filming? I have oh, no yeah. idea. You get <laughs> okay. kind of the feeling that he's just like friends with her, and it, she's just like requested that they film everything <laughs> that she's doing. This is like pre-Kardashians yeah. trying to be what the Kardashians is. Just it like was, film and my life. Yeah, like, he kept like sort of chiming in at times when they were just having conversations between each other to be like oh can you basically make it more interesting for the camera and yeah like, he was right. very much trying to like direct and produce it as it like was unfolding yeah 
Um, I'm trying to. Is new fiance Charlotte? It doesn't even. Not even in the Wikipedia does it like mention uh, why on earth she's. And it's such a thing that does not. Again, it's like in there, and it doesn't come. Nothing comes of it. It's not a. It's not a pinch point. Yeah, you know? it's it's hard to tell like what her function is beyond just being conflict with him having a kid and me like her role in this movie is just to stand against Mimi Siku, which I understand the need for that role, but you could also make it like I don't know, anything else than what it is. Like her mm-hmm. her function is just so bizarre. I think she's I think she's in fashion, maybe she's in art. She has that fashion. <laughs> it, it is quite friend. unclear. I think she is in fashion. I think she's a model. But for some That's reason, what my feeling was, yeah. this guy oh. is is following her. Okay, I didn't, I I, I didn't put that together. Um, maybe it's because I was like so tuned out in those scenes. That, well, because that, that's, that's again, there's so much like so much of those. Anytime a woman pops up on the screen, she's just disserviced by the actions and stuff that they <laughs> give her to do. So there's so much of that that I'm like, this isn't a character. This is just a caricature and. I don't understand yeah. why you couldn't have just put a little bit more into that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, was... We have. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go. I don't even know, man. Um, <laughs> that's that's basically I... how I feel. I... <laughs> um, I liked the. Uh, I was just gonna say, can you help me think of all of the animals that he kills? <laughs> or... Okay. Yeah. Or... For sure. So. Um, Several flies. Snake, snake first. Snake. Snake. Um, that lizard he must probably killed too. The lizard gets yes. thing because they're the off lizard. on their own walk. Yes, uh, off screen. The pigeon that he kills in New York. That's the f- that's the first thing that he kills in New York. I think he's thinking about killing the cat, but he doesn't. He doesn't kill the cat, but Tim Allen tries very. Tim hard. Allen yeah. might have. I'm not. Do we see the cat after that scene? I'm not sure that we do. He says it's so weird. It's almost like Disney made them do it. He said it's the cat. There is a cat back, and he says, "Man, you slept like a log last night." Um, oh right, I do. That's right. Is. Yes, that, that's right. I forgot about that scene, but that is definitely one of those scenes that they are just like, "Oh, put that in so everybody knows the cat's not dead." Yeah, even though the whole time you, he was playing with that puppet cat, that was yeah. like obviously a puppet. Like we, we, it's very uncomfortable because I was thought the cat was dead. <laughs> Um, that that scene think... was really weird because it was like, why the cat is just asleep? Like, why are you making this whole big thing about it? Why don't you just put it yeah, in a just in leave it the on, chair? Just leave it on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> it just like, looks like a sleeping really cat. It's sleeping. It's not dead. Like, really throws that cat around. Uh, but he's like, oh god, just... she'll she'll freak out because the cat's asleep. Well, I mean, it's passed he out. He obviously but... thought the cat was dead. He obviously thought the cat was that that he killed yeah. the cat. It's very strange that he doesn't know what those darts do, considering he's playing. But with he does know because he, he well does, he, he did himself. it to himself. But but I think Pat has a good point. I think that he probably this is we're ascribing way too much logic to what happened. But I think that he may have thought that if it was enough to knock me out, it's enough to kill this cat. And I guess. Like, the cat wouldn't have made it. His right. reaction to me still seemed like he knew that the cat was had been tranquilized and like, Yeah. I, don't, I, I also I yeah. love that he just leaves the cat on the kitchen floor. He like drops he it and does. he's like, so fast or whatever he says <laughs> to like cover yeah. and then and then just moves on and he's just like, I won't I won't worry about leaving that there. 
not only that, it's like, let's take the champagne to the bedroom. He's trying to get her, like, out of the kitchen. Yeah. And it's right. like, this is so uncomfortable. Her cat is dead. Like, I can't believe I'm watching this. <laughs> I, I was like, she's some... lying to this woman about her dead cat. Uh, so weird. There's some pretty bold choices in this movie. I think, mm-hmm. especially for a Disney movie, watching it yesterday, I was like, they really go to some places that I wouldn't expect Disney movies to go to these days. Like with the mm-hmm. Russian mafia guy who yep. um, David Ogden Steers, is that his name, the actor? Yeah. Uh, he's the voice of Cogsworth in the animated Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, he's a great, yeah, he's a great David actor. Ogden I really Steers. I really love David Ogden Steers. Uh, he gives a good turn in the Dead Zone TV show too. Um, but mm-hmm. um, beyond that, um, there's like a scene where he's like holding the knife to um, Martin Short's hand. I, I think was it Martin Short? Somebody's fingers. He's like trying yes. to chop off their fingers. Yeah, like this is not something that would be in a Disney movie anymore, probably. Yeah. No, yeah. there is a very real threat of the two main men being murdered in this movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, they're saved by the spider, Matika. Yeah, yes. who, who really saves? I I was happy. I like that that nothing bad happened to the spider because he. I mean, he doesn't deserve anything. You know, the right. cat. God, we've already like we've heard enough animals, and he kills all those fish, and then he kills. <laughs> yeah. it. Well, he which apparently the- like ten thousand dollars worth of fish, like. <laughs> The yeah, they're to- if they're topical fish, they actually fish would like be that very are really expensive. expensive. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying that they're not. I'm just also <laughs> saying, like Martin Short, like if you have ten thousand dollars of fish, they're going to die at some point. You can't be that <laughs> invested in your fish. Like they're... I did, I have to say, I was actually like that they were trying. So every character in this, except for Mimi Siku, is like made fun of in a in a non ironic way or in an ironic way. I guess is more. And Martin Short is the like slightly nebbish you know like can not conservative but like high strung um you know partner to the the much much more cool sexy tim allen which is very weird to think about but he's like he's distraught when his fish are dead and it's a joke you know it's played as a joke that he could be so attached to those fish but i was like we have seen so many animals die at the hands yeah. of Mimi's <laughs> I was like, you know what? Those are his fish. Like, I am, I'm having trouble. Like, this is a very 90s thing to be like, this man attached to an animal? Oh, ridiculous, you know? And yes. it's, right. it's like, well, those were his fish. And this is this feels very like toxic masculinity that he could possibly care about it, a creature, you know, a living creature that's True. not there was family. There was definitely uh, that element of, like, he's he's the one with the family and the wife and, like, lives in the suburbs and all this stuff, while Tim Allen right. is the cool guy in the city with the fancy apartment. Bachelor pad. Right. Yeah, the hot Yeah, like, right. and no kids and doesn't want kids. And, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess my problems with those scenes were more... Um, Martin Short is just like so crazy angry at Mimi Siku in those scenes, and it's like it's you true, raised right. two kids of your own. You understand, yeah. like you understand, yeah. like the shit that happens when you have children around. And yeah. like Mimi Siku is thirteen age wise, but in terms of like understanding of your society, he's been there like two days. So maybe right. cut him a little slack. And, <laughs> and then also, if you have ten thousand dollars worth of fish, why are you fussing over like this? Uh, like if you can afford to have ten thousand dollars worth of fish in like the nice apartment in New York or like the nice house that Martin Short has, then you can probably afford to eat your losses on the coffee, even if it is like significantly right. like millions of dollars. You probably have 
like access to those funds somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the whole commodities training aspect of this movie is quite strange. Also because I, I'm, I mean, I may be wrong on this, but they seem to make it sound like they have literally bought like a warehouse full of coffee. And I'm like, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> that all yeah. <laughs> but they keep being like, I got, I got ten tons of coffee, like that I need to get rid of. And it's like, no, you've you've bought like like futures, isn't it? Like, right. you've bought basically shares so. in the coffee industry. <laughs> that would be my understanding of how it would actually work in real life. But I mm-hmm. mean. I think for a kid's movie, I guess it makes sense that they're like, yeah, we just have a bunch of coffee. God, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have to say that they were like, you know what this kid's movie needs is a bunch of stuff about commodities. Right? Yeah. Yes. Why don't we just... Something that children Russian inherently monsters. know about. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's just do an indictment of Wall Street in this movie about... <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, because our, you know, our, uh, our main plot is so strong that we can just pepper in this other peril for for uh our main character and his best friend two people who our kids can really root for uh and are rooting for it's just so it's like every just misfire just just a string of misfires and that's the biggest one to me is that there's so much emphasis on or that they they used any time away from Mimi Siku. And in my opinion, I actually also really like, I find him and uh, they don't give her enough to do, but I, I find Karen like that. I think that's very sweet. Oh, um, totally. And, yeah. and I think that, I think that should have been more the focus of the movie is like mm-hmm. this focus on Mimi Siku's arc. Like the movie is very much focused on Michael Cromwell's arc, which to be, mm-hmm. to be honest, I get why they did that, but I also find it, so much less interesting for a kid's movie to be focused on the journey of the father coming to accept yeah. the kid. Like, give me yeah. the give me the kid's arc, like hanging out in the city and like meeting this girl that he is kind of into and whatever. And yeah, yeah. Lily Sobieski's really charming in this role. This was the reason that she broke out. This movie was mm-hmm. like her first major movie role. She had done TV and like some TV movies before this, but. Um, this is when her film career started, and you can already kind of see why she's a talented actress. Yeah, she she does a lot with a little, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And no, I was just Pat, like really thinking about what you just said about like in these children's. I mean, obviously, this is patterned after um, the Santa Claus, which is like yeah. a children's movie, but really sure. it focuses on Tim Allen's character, and because um, his the, the children in it are so, I mean. Charlie doesn't, but Charlie is a massive, massive part of, but there are, there are like complement each other and the arcs in this do not complement each other. Exactly. I was going to say, I I feel like Charlie and uh, Scott Calvin's arcs in the Santa Claus are almost kind of mirrors of each other and Mm. synchronous in a way that they're not in this film. And Mm. I think also um, you just have much more time of Scott with Charlie in the Santa Claus, whereas in this movie, there's a whole lot of him being like, hey, Mimi, I can't hang out today because I've got to go to work. And then you yeah. just literally see him go to work and you're like, why is this movie the way that it is? Which, like, that's that's kind of a plot line in the Santa Claus, but of course it's different there because Charlie actually has a pre-existing relationship with his dad yeah. and that. Whereas this is, there is no pre-existing relationship. He does not know exactly. what this man yeah. is like or anything. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it sounds like in the original French version, there was a thing of um, Patricia won't grant the divorce unless he takes Mimi Siku back to, in that one, it's Paris, like to, mm-hmm. to stay with him for a while so mm-hmm. they can get to know each other. And I mean, I don't remember any moment in this where they really talked about the divorce, actually, once all of yeah, that once stuff kind of came in. Yeah. Left yeah. there, that's pretty much dropped. But I, I feel like, I don't know that that's necessarily a solution for the problems that I have with this movie, but I think that would give the second act much more drive if you had mm. some sort of. If, like, if there was some sort of element like of the, the divorce won't be granted unless you effectively have a connection with your son, mm-hmm. like. That would at least well, give him something. Totally. He and barely cares end... about Charlotte. Charlotte's like such a yeah. who fucking cares, even totally. Tim Allen, like who fucking cares. That's totally why, Pat, I see what you're saying because it's like, well, we don't care if he gets the divorce because we don't know anything about Charlotte and we don't care about her. We only care about me. Like you've given me nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And I think yeah. there's also the whole element of, you know, by the end of the movie, you're supposed to be like, um charlotte's like too busy and like she's trying to he's trying to schedule like some time away from her and like the movie director's like schedule gets in the way or whatever so there's like the whole you're supposed to be like seeing that relationship fall apart and like he's going back to uh paliku and like holding up the pot and you're supposed to think there's like hope for that relationship but in this movie i'm like i don't understand who these characters are to each other beyond the fact (laughs) that they like told me that here, like yeah. in terms of action of this film, uh, Charlotte could just as well be his like sister or sister-in-law or yeah. something, mm-hmm. and just have like mm-hmm. problems with him parenting, and it would have like the same impact on the plot line. So I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I guess like I guess great that you're hooking up with Paliku again, but if you had given that the whole, you know, like you need to hang out with your son before we can get this divorce, and then the arc becomes over the course of the movie. I realize that I like hanging out with my son and I miss the thought of having a family uh, rather than just being a commodities broker. Yeah. Then you can also bring that into maybe I was wrong to like push Paliku away right. and sort of yeah. tie it all in that it, way. It almost I feel like needs that, that's it what they needs needed. like a parent trap kind of thing of like oh, yeah, totally. maybe Siku wants to get them back together kind of thing. It's so yeah, I the was one trying that. to break up the relationship with Charlotte and then she can be more like um I forget what that woman's name is in Parent Trap but the one that's trying to date the dad oh like, sure um M- M- uh, Meredith Meredith, Meredith. Right. yes Meredith mm-hmm. um yeah like that would have added some more conflict and like actually had something going on that that tied maybe Siku and Michael yeah. together because yeah totally. it's it's pretty much like the Mimi Siku plot ends when he comes to New York, and then the Russian mafia plot begins. Yeah, yeah. And they're two separate uh, movies that happened to be happening beside each other. Oh, at the same time. I will Every- say, as much as I agree that the Russian mafia plot's kind of out of place and feels very weird in this movie, and that's also why I noted earlier, it feels like it might have been like a studio note to like add tension. Yeah. I do want to reiterate how happy I am that David Ogden Steers is in this film because his, <laughs> his performance as the Russian mafia guy is like both threatening and comic, all, like all mm-hmm. in one. And like yeah. I think, I think he makes that role work in a way that it probably wouldn't have for most other actors. 
And that on is that as well, I, I also like actually quite enjoyed Martin Short's character. This was oh yeah to, to me it honestly seemed like a more down to earth character than what he normally plays. Even oh, though I it agree. was still it was nice. fairly over yeah. the top, but like his character was like was a good foil to sort of what was happening. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I felt like the casting all around the casting is not terrible. Like I feel yeah. like. Uh, we talked about how um, Mimi Siku is really well cast. He does a really good job in this. And I think Tim Allen is just an obvious casting choice for that time. I think you could have probably thrown in somebody else like Chevy Chase, who's also still pretty big in the early I was 90s, also thinking that, that Tim Allen definitely feels on par with Chevy Chase for like two guys whose sort of performances haven't necessarily aged well, slash them as people haven't aged well. Yeah, like, totally. But I was thinking that too, like this kind of feels akin to Man of the House in a certain respect. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen that one, the Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Chevy Chase one. Um, oh. Oh. I, haven't, I haven't watched it in years, but it was another Disney movie that I liked as a kid. Um, but yeah, it just is kind of like a similar thing where it's like um, this uh, yes, it's, it's, father he's got, figure he's... trying to bond with the son figure, even though they're not yes. related in that movie. Jenna brought right. this up to us uh, one time, um, and I was I was interested because he's wearing like a um, Chevy Chase is wearing in the key art here a uh, how do I put this a headband with a feather in it that is um, mm. kind of what may be problematic by today's standards. <laughs> but I didn't know if there was yeah. any element of like indigenous. Why is he wearing that hat? So they go to a summer camp in like the latter uh, part of the second act or maybe third act to kind of try to do a bonding thing. But the summer it. camp is this like really, uh, it's pretty racist. It's all, they're all pretending to be Indians and like trying to do like Indian activities. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's Copy. probably also part of the reason why these are conflated in my head. It's just because of the problematic nature of both texts. <laughs> yeah, that is that's... totally fair. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, no, they're they're similar uh, for that. I just I feel like you guys were bringing up so many like uh, before we started talking about the the very good. Yes, I I have to say I completely agree. Like it's like each each part of this is not a bad part, but then the actor actor wise like i really don't have any issues with anyone in this or the ma amount of commitment they're bringing to the parts but i feel like there were just some like really easy like everything that pat was saying and then keen when you said there's could be a parent trap it's like these are like easy fixes but like, i feel like I just, that's that's the case with pretty much all of these movies that we watch it's like yeah but we, I just, I, we yeah. with five minutes of thinking can come up with a better <laughs> than what exists in the movie yeah <laughs> there is also though a certain element of like hindsight is like 2020 you know like mm -hmm. where we, we can mm -hmm. see the problems because they've completed it and presented it to us ahead of time in 97 i'm not sure i would have been calling out the problematic like obviously i was a kid at the time but if yeah, i was no, as old course. as i am now in 97 and like part of the cultural zeitgeist in 97 i'm not sure i would have been so aware of how problematic this was either just as a white oh man. for sure no i'm actually no. for me i'm literally just talking about the ways that you were kind of suggesting to kind of tighten the plot as far as oh, like totally. yeah. bringing in like more tension between the characters who all feel like they're kind of like in different movies almost or kind of in their own worlds and they're not interacting with each other i think and i almost sort of wonder if it's kind trap. of oh, so, no, go sorry ahead. go ahead keen <laughs> I was gonna say I think it sort of fell into the trap of 
um, the main character is Tim Allen and they needed a storyline with him that had conflict and like had things going on in that. But at the same time, this is a kid's movie. So they Mm -hmm. knew that if the kid didn't feature enough, then, you know, kids watching weren't going to care. So mm-hmm. I think that's why we get the very extended fun and game section of Mimi Siku in mm-hmm. New York just kind of doing mm-hmm. shit because that's like the, the kids are not going to give a shit about how Tim Allen and Martin Short are dealing with this Russian mafia thing. Like, yeah. I have absolutely yeah. no memory of that from my childhood. I only remember the kid like doing mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember the Russian mafia specifically. I did remember them being forced to eat caviar for some reason, but I couldn't remember why. You did? Why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with you, Keen. I think part of the I think part of the reason why this movie never really gelled in the way some other movies did is, you know, when you have stars like Tim Allen and Martin Short, obviously you want to give them as much screen time and as much stuff to do as possible. And I think that they're, you know, really competent in the comedy and stuff that they're doing in this film. But I think it it undercuts the fact that this should have been a movie about Mimi Siku's arc and journey and less so about Michael Cromwell's. I think yeah. that they weren't I think they weren't sure who was really the protagonist of this film. And they were trying to yeah. do two films because of that. And I yeah. think that's where it kind of fell apart. That's a really I feel good like point. it needed there needed to be a little more structure to him coming to New York. Like maybe it was he was gonna come and do like a semester or a year or something with his dad. And then part of the conflict is him having to try to actually assimilate into like the New York culture of his dad and him not being able to do it and then feeling like sad that that he's perhaps disappointed his father or something, you know, because a lot lot of this time he spent in New York, he was still wearing like his sort of tribal outfit and wasn't really forced to dress like how New Yorkers dress. Totally. I think there's also a version and it's probably a much more adult version, but if you wanted to do, if you wanted to do the indictment of wall street storyline, you could do, um, you know, the arc where the person who was raised in Venezuela, who is basically like a hunter has those killer instincts. And it's those instincts that actually lets him do really well on wall street, but then just like sort of the conflict of, you know, dealing with what that means and all of that. So there's mm-hmm. a version where you can play yeah. into the, like how, how those skills are paralleled and kind of tie in the, the two jungles aspect of this movie as well. Um, but I don't know. That definitely brings it much more into like Wolf of Wall Street or like uh, uh, any of those <laughs> sorts of like money grubbing movies. I mm. guess maybe if it was like he helped them, like like Mimi Siku said something about a particular commodity, and then they ended up buying like stocks in that, and that did well, like something like that where then maybe it goes the other way of they're like oh this kid is really good with like the commodities stuff and then they start trying to force him to basically do this work and he's like i don't I'm, i didn't come here to do this like something right. like that i don't know <laughs> i think that works yeah well there we go we've come up with like three different film ideas based on this premise that i think are pretty solid <laughs> yeah, yeah well there you go <laughs> um one other thing that i really wanted to mention that i almost forgot about the concert in the park scene uh which yes. i had no memory yeah. of whatsoever until rewatching no. it mm-hmm. uh 
just so funny like the the extras in that scene are doing so much i don't know if you like paid attention to them but there's like this one woman in the background who's just like face is like different levels of like uh pure joy and excitement and like just <laughs> totally going for it and i just really i think the extras really crushed it in that scene. well and then they're also like look at this beautiful like culturally diverse group of people that are all brought together by mimi seek who's dancing because yeah. there's like there's like a rabbi and then like yeah. people of different races people of different uh -huh. ages like yeah yeah it was, it was like all they're all represented here uh very it was a very nineties um, like, yeah. version of political correctness. Like mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, like, look at how diverse we are. Yeah, yeah. Every every main character is white, but we have this scene. Yep. Like, so. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um uh, I will go other... back and uh, watch that clip because um, I did notice one woman when he walked up was really, really into it and I was like, Oh, I'm prepping for I don't know what I'm prepping for, but I'm Something is about to happen. Right. <laughs> going to dance or something. You definitely think that there's going to be like almost a sort of um, dirty dancing style, like dance interlude yeah. with Tim Allen and one of <laughs> mm -hmm. these people in the crowd or something, mm -hmm. or Mimi Siku and one of them maybe. Yeah, um, exactly. There's some other fun character moments that I also thought were really great. Like um, Martin Short's son, uh, the character's name is Andrew. There's yes. a scene where... Uh, the Russian mafia is like asking him a question like immediately Andrew just rats out his whole family. That's <laughs> <laughs> just like classic. Love that. Uh, yeah. Andrew also, was a lot of fun. He was so fun. That whole fight sequence, like that third act fight sequence with the Russian mafia. It's just also so crazy to me to, uh, to bring it back to the blow dart. Why do they give Tim Allen the blow dart in that scene? Like all he's done is shoot his foot and shoot a cat accidentally. And he, yeah. he shoots, he fucking shoots the wife. Right, yeah, you know, if you give me Mimi Siku the blow dart, like that two seconds, all those bad guys are down, and like yeah. instead they yeah. gave it to Tim Allen and just drew out the whole thing. Absolutely, 100%. confusing. Yes, yeah. Of course, <laughs> it was one of those things where it's like, oh, good, like another choice that doesn't make any sense, and right. the same kind of joke where it's like he can't aim. We get it, like we've seen him. Yeah, we've not seen him struggling with know? this the whole movie. If, yeah, if, the whole movie. If, yeah. If there's any moment to give him that win of like he gets to aim yeah. well it should have been yeah. this scene and not yeah. like the the coda where he shoots the fly <laughs> like, yes yes yeah, it's if, so if much weaker if it had that moment earlier of like when you could shoot a fly or something and then like yeah maybe a fly lands on the what's his name Jovanovich, the sure the yeah guy's yeah. head or something and then yeah. he gets it that time like yes i love that, so I love that. So <laughs> that would be great so easy when he's, uh, like, holding a gun to Mimi Siku or something so he can say, yeah. you know, he can be the hero. Like, how? Yeah. Totally. Come on. It writes itself. It's it right writes, there. It's just it's right there. <laughs> Do another great Andrew moment during that fight scene is when Andrew picks up the blow dart that's, like, followed next to him and he pricks his finger and then passes out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic It was Andrew. cute. He did great. I, th I thought Andrew was a very, a very strong... Uh, in a world where often the little siblings are like overly grading, I thought he was, um, yeah, a very very good comic relief. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I thought he was great for that. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the other moment that really stood out to me was when they had that like fashion designer woman over to the apartment. Oh for dinner. yeah, yeah, and, yes. that is truly they, bizarre. 
Yeah, but then they see Mimi Siku eating the cat food, and that woman has the most intense reaction I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Where she like she starts like screaming, and then immediately starts like vomiting, and so mm-hmm. Charlotte has to take her away, kind of thing. And I'm just like that feels like an overreaction. Yeah, mm-hmm. this might be a weird response to that too, but that also feels much more like. That feels like an L.A. art scene type of reaction to eating cat mm-hmm. food, whereas I feel like Bohemian, like New York City, like a lot of the artists there have probably eaten cat food because <laughs> it's cheap and easy also, to get. I just so. don't think that a kid eating the cat food would be quite that disgusting, like that you it would have such me a violent no. reaction like no, that. No, I don't, I don't buy that reaction regardless, but I was definitely like, especially in New York City, where all, like at this time in the 90s, like the people that were at that woman's level in the art scene would have come up in like the seventies and eighties where it was just like, you know, mm-hmm. you living in <laughs> so like poor. squalor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So poor. So mm-hmm. maybe she just had a traumatic history with cat food and it wasn't necessarily that he'd be eating cat food. It's just, she, she had maybe triggered. that just... could be, I think it's that everybody has to have the most reaction to Mimi Siku to like yeah. really drive home that he's not normal or whatever. So it's like, so it, again, it's supposed to be like they're ridiculous because they're reacting this way. But it's also, uh, to me, the joke is very muddy because they have yeah. reason to be like, oh, don't eat that, honey. But. Uh, it's like, where is the joke? I don't understand that the joke is on the city people, but then sometimes not. I don't get it either. Sometimes not. Yeah. Yeah. But to, to speak yeah. again to um, his acting ability, every time Mimi Siku's in one of those scenes, like the hurt and the confusion on his face is like very mm-hmm. real. Like it feels mm-hmm. like it feels yeah. very much like he's just been like punished by some member of society for something he's done. That seems like yeah. a real thing. Yeah, absolutely. He's he. Very much. I mean, very much. The movie belongs to to old old Sammy. Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um. Gosh. Did have I? I'm not trying to bring us to a premature end, but I, does anyone else? I feel have like any... we have kind of covered pretty much all of this movie as much wall as wall. Yeah. I, yeah. I think the only thing I had otherwise was. Um... Mimi Siku would definitely be in jail if he climbed to the top of the Statue of Liberty. Oh, like he sure would. He sure would. There's no way to avoid that. Mm-hmm. He also gets or on he the would plane be... later, and he has like three weapons and a lighter with him. <laughs> and I mean, I know this is a pre nine eleven. It's pre nine eleven. It was. Oh, Andy. Andy has a tarantula in a in a, <laughs> in a case that is not like fully secured, and also just oh would not, just would not clear customs. Like he would no. immediately get pulled, and they would be like, "You can't bring a tarantula." into the united states like you are being such a buzzkill like it's ridiculous <laughs> right now <laughs> obviously those are hilarious visual gags that he brought his bow and arrow <laughs> to new york like what for who knows and his, his bow and arrow his blow dart blow and, mm-hmm. and then his dad it's it's mostly when he's going back to venezuela that i noticed this but he's like yeah. at the gate at the airport. Yes, I, he's got it all like it's, because... it's, it's on his back or whatever. Like, and then they give him the lighter, and I was just like, I oh, don't, man. 
I know security was a lot more lax then, but this feels yeah. like a stretch. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, definitely. Agreed. And I feel like the reason it's more noticeable there is because I, I think at the beginning you have that, like, they don't do, like, the whole customs or anything. It's just, like, you see Martin Short on, like, the walking escalator, and then you get to them in the car and, and be like, is this your is this your village baboon? <laughs> or whatever he says to him. <laughs> it's, like, it's big. Right, right, right. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I do think, uh, yes, apart from the, the weapons, which is a very good point, Keen. Uh, we've we've now covered everything. Yes, yeah. there could possibly be. <laughs> That's that is jungle to jungle. And there we've, it already, is. we've already <laughs> written the sequel. We've already come up with the plan for two jungle to jungle. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> too fast to jungle. <laughs> right. Yes, we're we're work. I like. That's we'll, better, but we'll, too, we'll too workshop it. Too many jungles. <laughs> yeah. All right, Keen. Wow. Well, I guess the only question is, do we want this D? I mean, I I did not hate watching this. Like, it was not painful to watch. Yeah, you know, I, I think I yeah. still, I think I still kind of enjoy this movie. Like, I think now yeah. watching it is much harder because I am so much more aware of how problematic the text mm-hmm. is and everything. Sure, but mm-hmm. I think there is still sort of that childhood nostalgia for it. And I do again. I think so many of this aspects of this movie really are working for it. The casting is really good, uh, and some of the moments are just ridiculous and just don't age well. But um, parts of this are working great. So I think I think that this is less of a struggle to watch than some other movies of its ilk. It definitely mm-hmm. has charm. And like, yeah, I was like watching this because obviously there's many movies we've done where it's been like you're just constantly checking the time because yeah. it's like, oh, God, how much longer do I have to watch this? And I wasn't feeling that with this. I think I was feeling it a little bit more of like, what? where are we in this movie? Because nothing's mm-hmm. really happened. But Right, right. But yeah. I wasn't like it wasn't a struggle to watch the movie. Like Yeah. I, I do yeah. think they could probably trim like fifteen minutes out of this movie and be fine mm-hmm. with like a ninety minute film instead yeah. of like an hour forty five. But yeah, I agree. It wasn't it wasn't hard to get through by any means. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> I agree. I agree. I I agree with you. I will say that um I I'm like lukewarm on the movie but there were like i would say three jokes that i thought were actually really like i don't know laughed at and they were all tim allen you know um like zingers stuff that they had written for him and the one that i am remembering is when he says he's like this is real food instead of that shit that you eat in the jungle and he pulls out the um oh my god captain crunch oh right yeah Yeah. cereal and yeah. he's like, it's got real food in it, like nice, nice or whatever. And then he says, it's in Zinc Three. Oh, they put sunscreen in it. Yeah, <laughs> that was a pretty good joke. I liked that one too. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. Yeah, I thought that was good. And they also have a pretty funny um, edit, like a good cut where Mimi Siku puts some in his mouth and like starts. He's not gagging on it, but it, you can tell it's like really sweet. And instead of like letting that joke play out, they just cut away from him, which yeah. is like quite a like that kind of uh, editing is more modern. You totally. see that like, and uh, I I enjoyed that as well. It was a funny sequence. That was a good choice for that sequence. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah that that was that was a good one. Um, 
think, f did anyone else notice, it was when, I'm pretty sure it was when Mimi was heading to the Statue of Liberty. I don't know if this song was still playing when he was climbing up, but there was a song that sounded very much like Shaggy. <laughs> and I was just I like, is notice. Shaggy on this soundtrack? Uh, was oh, it man. the Peter Gabriel song? That was no, playing during this, that time. This one, the one that I'm thinking of, it it had oh, you know, I just looked. Actually, it is Peter Gabriel and uh, Shaggy. No, shut up. What? Yep. That's great. Lies it, upon lies. What's it called again? It's called like shake, jungle. Shaking the tree. Shaking the tree. Are you telling me Peter Gabriel and Shaggy? They collaborated. I am. I'm very upset to learn that because those men identify. <laughs> those men take up two different parts of extremely my different. reality yeah right. those are um, spheres that you didn't think would cross yes and i no. don't like i don't like it <laughs> it's like i it uh, really kind is, of freaking me out is that a team up that was specifically for this film or did the, that song exist outside of this beforehand i i, I will just say i believe that it did already exist and that there was a uh with Shaggy version. It's a Shaking nice. the Tree 97 with Shaggy. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, you can buy that, it on Amazon. That does I was look gonna like say, that's what it is. If, if mm. they'd got him together for the movie, I was going to say, what a coup that would have been. That would have been like the real Indeed. legacy of Juggle to Juggle. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking until you asked this question. I was like, my God, they've like met each other. They've like shook each other's hand. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah, it's called Shaking the Tree 97 with Shaggy Bracket Jungle version. Nice. Yes. So clearly he did a version for, I'm guessing, this movie. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is wild. <laughs> God. Um, Pat, what did you, uh, what did you like this movie as much as? Um, you know, that's tough. I, I think I liked this movie. <laughs> I like this movie as much as I like ice cream on a cold day. You know, it's like good, but it doesn't quite hit the spot the same way as it does <laughs> on like a hot summer day. Did, was there like a moment that you like want to want to kind of end us on like um, something we haven't talked about yet? I think one of my favorite running jokes from the movie that just doesn't actually make logical sense is the piranhas. Like, I just love the piranhas. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for bringing those up. Yes. Uh, yeah, I love, like, the first scene where Tim Allen is just, like, drenching his, like, white, like, cloth in the river and the boat guide is like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And Tim Allen makes some snarky comment and then immediately gets bit by a piranha. And I was like, yeah. there, there you go. There, see? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. that was pretty solid, although it was a joke that, yeah, felt really, like, it was funny, but it was also just weird. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. absolutely is just one of those things where they're like, Amazon, piranhas, people have heard of that, let's just throw some yep. piranhas in there. Yep, exactly. Because yeah. obviously yep. if you put your hand in water, then the piranhas will eat you. Immediately, <laughs> they will, they'll get your index finger every time, yeah, which every is, time. that's what happens to Tim Allen, not once, but twice. Twice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That thank you for bringing up the piranhas. God, I can't believe we didn't talk about those. Um, but that that was a huge. That was the first like real gag we get. Is yeah. uh, oh, is the, the old one. piranha finger thing? What? Go ahead. Keith. <laughs> the other one was when Tim Allen gets to the village with Mimi Siku and them, and he has his mm -hmm. laptop. And when they open it, it's 
is that meant to be Charlotte, the the woman that's like, "Hello, you." It's not. I don't understand. She. There was a woman in the credits called "Hello, you woman." Oh my god! Um, what was the yes, point of I that? Don't, <laughs> was that like a pop up? Was that like a porn? I think it was supposed to be a, like a you... porn pop up, and they just couldn't okay. go like full porn because it's like a kids movie. Like I think okay. that's what it was supposed to infer. But I I don't know enough about those old yeah. computers and the way that they work to like maybe they had what like maybe it was like the um old um what was it the the pin figure on the mac writing program i don't oh, know if yeah. you guys know what i'm talking oh, about oh a little a clippy clippy, a clippy. yeah yeah, yeah. The, the <laughs> but it's a clip. beautiful woman yeah but it's a beautiful woman she's like it looks like you are trying to do some commodities trading <laughs> I do think there was a bit of a thing in the 90s because The Simpsons had a similar joke around this time of like, you could could have like, I don't know, an AI something on your on your laptop i think so he's just okay got, you know, some really hot woman that talks to him when he opens the computer but okay that's it, definitely the sa- referencing the same thing but i have no i i don't know what that is specifically but yeah, that was it that. was weird and definitely out of place in a kids movie like you could have taken that out completely and it wouldn't have changed yeah anything. It was no. like, oh, the, these indigenous people are seeing a white, beautiful white woman for the first time. That's not Patricia or something. You know, there was. Well, then, something. and then it was like. I, the I think only, the real reason the for it is because. The only thing they said because, then was, hello, you. Yeah. Like, right. I, was say, I think right. the real reason for it is because they just wanted the tribe to be saying, hello, you, for the yeah, rest of the got time. It. Got it. I. Yep. Good joke, guys. So- <laughs> so, yeah, solid. Yeah. Solid. Solid humor there. I guess. I guess. <laughs> maybe we'll talk about it more you know maybe we'll do another round of notes yeah to beat that one out a little bit more but once we once we release our outline for two jungle two jungle we'll come back and revisit there you go there you go thank you thank you i keep forgetting we're doing two jungle jungle but yeah yeah add it to your slate (laughs) yeah my my busy schedule (laughs) all right we did it we did it. Well, thanks again, guys. I appreciate you guys having me back. We appreciate oh my gosh, you thank coming you. Back. It's always a pleasure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so you can find us at Talking About the D um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please email us at talkingabouttheD at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or requests. We would love to hear you. And rate and review us wherever you are currently listening to this podcast. Uh, yeah 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 patrick do you want them to follow you uh sure yeah you can find me um i'm at stumble johnson um j-o-h-n-s-o-n on twitter that's where i put all of my dumb thoughts and um photos of the bad choices that i make so (laughs) (laughs) the axe are you referring to the axe yeah that was a bad choice that was an accident that was an accident a literal accident For those that don't know, I almost chopped off my finger today. So that's a good place Mm. to end it. (laughs) I forgot that we were that we had talked about that before we started recording. Yeah, we've we've been taking Pat away from getting urgent medical care. So he's just like (laughs) casually bleeding out. (laughs) He's just bleeding Uh, out. No worries. No worries. Yeah, we, we, we timed it perfectly so that he will pass out as soon as we finish the recording. So it's all good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've got what we need and (laughs) pass on his phone. All right. Uh, yeah. 
Well, we will leave it there. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.